The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, Servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another.
The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, the love, the beloved, and the lover. Amen. Amen. Love one another, just as Christ loves you. You will be known as followers of Jesus by the love you have for one another. That is tonight's important message. Love one another as Christ loves you. And Jesus taught this important lesson by a show and tell. He washed the feet of the disciples as an example of the love he showed them. That evening, the disciples got an embodied experience of what Jesus wanted them to live by. Love one another as I love you. The human need for physical embodied practices seems universal. Before the age of literacy started to spread in Europe in the 16th century, things like pilgrimage, prayer beads, body prostrations, bows and genuflections, blessing oneself with the sign of the cross, statues, sprinkling things with holy water, theatrical plays and liturgies, incense and candles, all allowed the soul to know itself through the outer world. Even in our literate age, these practices often talk to the soul more deeply and effectively than what preachers and teachers can achieve with words. I'm trying anyway. (laughs) St. Francis reportedly said, preach Jesus, and if necessary, use words. Throughout Christian history, these embodied practices have been with us. Some of these practices we call sacraments. Many other of these practices have sacramental value, even if they are not part of our list of seven sacraments. Our reading tonight from 1 Corinthians tells us of the institution of the Eucharist, a central sacrament in our Christian practice. But I will focus on our gospel reading. Our reading from the gospel according to John tells us of an action of Jesus that feels like a sacrament to me. The washing of the feet was a visible sign of God's love for us in the life of Jesus of Nazareth and beyond the life of Jesus of Nazareth. But before we envision the meanings of Jesus' foot washing, let's get our bearings of first-century Eastern Mediterranean hospitality in order to better understand the counterculture that John the Evangelist presents in his Gospel. In Jesus' time, when people were invited to partake of an important meal at someone's house, they would have bathed at home before attending the meal. In going to their host's house, they would have had to walk the streets in their open sandals. Urban streets were often unpaved and nearly always filthy with animal and human waste. 
In walking the streets to their host's house, the guest's feet would have gotten dirty again. Upon arrival at their host's house, they would have benefited first thing of the courtesy of a foot washing. As Jesus says, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. Normally, the foot washing would have occurred prior to the meal. Also, the foot washing would have been performed by a slave or a low-ranking servant, certainly not by the host or the guest of honor. From this anthropological background to foot washing, we know that John is relating the foot washing as a symbol, a multi-layered symbol as it is. In the supper scene that includes the washing of the feet, some have seen a symbolic representation of the incarnation. Others have seen references to baptism and reconciliation. Let's look at the incarnation connection. Jesus starts off as the guest of honor. He is reclining at the table and he is in the central position so that all can see and hear him. The dinner is taking place and he interrupts the dinner to take on one of the most demeaning tasks of a slave. He discards his outer robe, he ties a towel around himself, and then he proceeds to wash the feet of his disciples, turning upside down the honor hierarchy that they have lived with for the last three years. After the washing, he then puts on his outer robe again and comes back to his place of honor at the table. The incarnation symbolism here is that God in Jesus, in all his power, steps away from that place of power and honor and takes on the role of a slave in taking on human flesh before being glorified with that experience and nature of that human flesh back into divinity. To quote from the Christian hymn included in Paul's letter to the Philippians, which we heard this past Sunday, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So we can see the foot washing as a metaphor for the incarnation. But of course, there is more. The washing of the feet was also Jesus's embodied way of teaching us his new commandment. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. In Latin, this verse starts with mandatum novum do vobis. From that first word, mandatum, come our English words, mondi, 
and mandate. This is the Thursday of the new mandate. The new commandment turns the world upside down. Those invested with honor and power are to be servant leaders, ministering to their followers, serving the greater good of their subordinates. And what is service, you may ask? The ideal of service is self-gift, an expression of love. That ideal of self-gift may be taken to its extreme, to the extreme of laying down one's life for one's friends. And who is to serve? Everyone. Everyone is to seek to be of service to others. Certainly those called to leadership, but in fact, all those involved with God. This service is to be an embodiment of God's agape, the highest form of love, charity, the love of God for humans and the love of humans for God. We are not to seek honor, glory, and power over our fellows. We are to seek the greater good of all and to do this with utter humility. And at this supper, Jesus knew his hour had come. This hour would involve Jesus' deepest act of humility, to accept his passion for the love of God and the love of his friends. Jesus teaches the new commandment by example, through and through, at this supper and beyond it. So, as you witness the foot washing tonight, and hopefully partake of it, think of how you humbly embody agape in your life, in your ministry. Remembering that we are all ministers in the flow of God's love. Let your feet be washed, and may you walk humbly with your God in this triduum and beyond. Amen.